calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Comic Sans, everyone, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a comic book reader, toucher, taster, sniffer, and listener. Yes, that's the five senses. <laughs> and I'm Nat. I am, well, here's a fun fact about me. I am an aspiring musical theater writer. Aspiring being the keyword there, you know, still trying to make it in this big bad world i'm gonna disagree i don't think aspiring is the key word i think writer or music is more key because you take out either music or writer that it doesn't make any more sense another fun note related to that is yen and i wrote a musical before fun fact about that you can uh scour the internet to see if you can find any traces of that there are some traces but uh, c-o-m-p-e-t-e-n-c why you're supposed to say Finch's line. Oh, oh. this episode sucks. <laughs> Everyone, this episode sucks. So yes. Today I'm mad. There's a little glimpse to our our shared history, me and Yen. If you want to find out more, become our friends, you know? And the only way to become <laughs> our friends is to be a fan first. That's the pipeline. Fan to friend to lover. In Comic Sans, we highly encourage parasocial relationships. If you send me a closed envelope, I will open it. No matter what. <laughs> No matter what, no matter how suspect it is, there could be things spilling out of it. There could be a small blade. Just send it over to me at info at unnutsproductions.com. And then Yen will fall in love with you. It is a guarantee. And then I will, and then that is the guarantee. And unfortunately, it's also a curse. You know, everyone, we like to have fun on this podcast. We like to have a good time, but I want to get a little serious here. Today, I would, just briefly before we get into the episode, I want to talk about censorship. And I want to talk about dictatorship and tyranny and power and abuses of power. And the big thing I want to talk about is, you know, we all agree that we should have equal access to information, you know, the truth, mm -hmm. everything that's out there, you know, belongs to us. And right now we have an enemy. There's an enemy of truth in this building. And that enemy to truth is the editor of Comic Sans, AKA Mr. Nathaniel Ma, who has just realized where I'm going with this, who has just admitted right before we recorded this, that he has cut a section of a previous episode out because he believes it reveals his blatant ignorance. <laughs> and I just wanna say everyone, we all know that's wrong. If you see him in the streets, throw a stone, you know? It's the opposite of that Hamilton song. How does the Hamilton one go? Which one? Um, if you the, see the, the him one on that the I streets, hate. yeah, yeah. If you see him on the streets, walking throw downtown. A <laughs> <laughs> Have pity. No, no. <laughs> walking on the streets, walking downtown. 
Looking, looking so down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a glimpse of my musical theater writing talent. You wrote Hamilton? Holy I... shit, man. That's crazy. <laughs> hey. And you're still recording this with me? That's nice. Len needed a ghostwriter. That's really my funny. My pal Lin. So everyone, if you heard Nat display utter ignorance about the song Mr. Sandman in the Sandman episode, please know it is because of my triumphant efforts today. For anyone listening for the first time, let me tell you how this show works. In short, you think I can do it in 15 seconds? You want to tie me in? 15 seconds is nothing. I want you to do it in words. I want you to do it in, in 15 words. Okay. In 15 words, here's a summary of how this show works. Yen tells Nat about comics. <laughs> he rants about one comic. Nat you have five more. reads comic, then discuss. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Thank we you. We love to see it. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that's Morocco in the World Cup. <laughs> We're recording this way in ahead, but I'm assuming that Morocco's won. That's just fine. <laughs> I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. You're not engaging? You're really I'm not, not engaging. engaging. Wow. I'm not I thought engaging. you like soccer. I'm trying to show an interest in the things you like. I thought I was being nice. I do enjoy football. As I said, I am a fan of the beautiful game. But this podcast is not about football, Yen. This podcast is about comics. Something that I am not a fan of at the moment. Having said that, you know, last week's episode was pretty great. Watchmen, I really enjoyed it. It stuck with me. It stuck with me for a couple of days. I was thinking about it. It was pretty cool. Wait, did you read the rest of it? I haven't read, it to read the rest of it. No, not yet. Okay. But I will get okay. to it. I will get to it while it is still in my possession before I return it to the wonderful Shelby who has lent, who has saved our asses on so many occasions by delivering. Well, she doesn't deliver them personally, but she sends them via courier to my front door from her personal collection. So shout out Shelby. Shout out to Shelby's all over the world. I'll extend it to every Shelby. You know, Nat, I'm glad you liked Watchmen. That's a pretty heavy comic book. And that's why I'm asking you if you've read the rest, because it's pretty heavy. It is. So today we're swinging all the way to the other end. We are today reading a webtoon. A what? I'm going to explain. I mean, so you better. You're going to key me up for my rant? Oh, of course. You're going to explain? Well, please do so. In your unhinged, yeah, this episode sucks. Cue the drum break. Sucks. (laughs) So today I've got two things I have to introduce to you, Nat. The primary focus of today's episode is Lore Olympus, currently the biggest webtoon on the platform. But to talk about that, we also have to talk about the webtoon itself as a format. But we're all going to get there. Well, let's start with what Lore Olympus literally is. It's it's a webtoon. Obviously, I've said that already. I'm Mm going to explain what that is Mm -hmm. in a second. I've already said that too. But, you know, and it's also about Olympus. Wow, shocker. Shocker. Olympus in the title. It's a reimagined story about Persephone and Hades and how they met. Nat, what do you know Mm. about Greek mythology? Uh, The the basics? Other than that, that it's real, right? Other than it's real and we accept it as truth. And it affects our everyday life and, you know. And we go to the temple every Sunday. Correct. What do I know? I mean, I guess I've read various fictional books about it at various points in my life. Obviously, my most recent contact with it is Hadestown. Amazing. Shout out Hadestown. I think it's incredibly funny that you think Hadestown needs a shout out from us. Like, you think you think Hadestown is going to get the Comic Sans boost? It's not for them. <laughs> All these benefit. people going to be like, oh my gosh, I've discovered <laughs> In my notes, I actually put down money with myself that you would bring up Hadestown. 
I mean, I'm a huge fan. I actually have the book. Shout out Anais Mitchell. Yeah, I actually have a book about writing Town. It's incredible. It's shaped a lot of my own writing. Yeah, so I am familiar with Persephone and Hades to that extent. You know what's really sad? What? I bet money with myself. Also, I doubled down that you would sing a little of Hades Town. <sighs> so that's too bad. That's you know, too bad you know, Yen. I'm breaking the. Bank. I give the people what they want. The people being you. Okay. And if you want it, I will deliver it. Cause okay, that's the kind it. of person I am. Are you ready? Yep. Why do we build the wall, my children? My children. <laughs> that is that is 100% the one I wanted you to do. Wonderful. I'll Why pay up my Why do we build the wall? Dong, dong, dong. Why do we build the wall? We build the wall to keep us free and the wall keeps out the enemy. <laughs> All of that has to stay. That has to stay. <laughs> Thank you, Nat, for that wonderful performance. Thank you. As we can see, with all these different interpretations of Greek mythology, a lot of people have taken their stab at it. And Laura Olympus, like many of them, isn't concerned about accuracy, as accurate as you can be to a myth, which is, you know, not really history either. Right? It's about reimagining these characters, reconjuring them in this modern fantastical world, and making it primarily a love story. So the whole thing about Persephone and Hades the myth of it in broad strokes and I'm going to get this all wrong so again send your criticisms to andasproductions at info.com <laughs> I'm changing the email every single time Hades oh man I'm really going to get this wrong folks so don't take any of this but okay Hades kidnaps Persephone and makes her the queen of the underworld oh that's almost definitely wrong there's a lot of different interpretations of it. So that's how I'm going to correct myself, right? There's so many different ways of looking at it. So my ways may be correct for some Is there a canon? Is there a definitive canon of Greek mythology? Is there a text? Well, there's a lot of different texts where it comes out. So it comes out in the Odyssey. It comes out in the Ode to Demeter. There's also Roman ones. One of the Roman interpretations of it is the Rape of Proserpina, which is Persephone's Roman name. And it's the, about the unjust seizure of a young goddess by the evil god Pluto. That's not what Laura Olympus is about. Laura Olympus is a new version of this story about Hades and Persephone, where they maybe, just maybe, might, could, maybe fall in love legitimately. And that's Laura Olympus. New lore, not old lore. But there's some other lore we have to get into first. And that's the lore of the webtoon. Dun, dun, dun. The webtoon is a very unique format that is driven in very specific ways. So we've talked about the physical comic book and the different things that factor into the physical comic book, the method of turning the page. There's other considerations for the webtoon, and a lot of that has to do with the history of it, which is fascinatingly driven by material concerns. Wow. Material concerns. Big words. Money, law, and technology. So the webtoon comes from South Korea, and our story starts in 1997. Now, what do you know about the Asian financial crisis? <sighs> Probably those three words. I mean, it, it's Asian. It was financial in nature. And it was a crisis. Great, thank and you. And lots of people lost their jobs. You know, everything crashed. Money, no good. People sad. That was a pretty, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we need to know for the context of this episode. If you're looking for, you know, economic history, I really encourage you to do that somewhere else. <laughs> so Korean audiences at this time, during the Asian financial crisis, who have been renting or buying Korean comics, 
no longer have the disposable income to spend money on frivolous things like comics. And at the same time, historically, Korea has blocked off Japanese imports, such as manga, due to the unjust occupation of Korea by Japan in World War II and the many atrocities committed. But in 1999, two years after the financial crisis, South Korea lifts this law, only partially, not allowing all Japanese content, but specifically allowing manga in, which floods the marketplace, dominating the existing Korean comic book form. Tech-wise, people are also becoming more accustomed to the World Wide Web, which now exists in people's homes, allowing greater connectivity and, importantly, access. So now, Korean artists are realizing that physical comics are no longer selling. They no longer can get the money back on that. These stores can no longer rent out Korean comics because people are there to buy the manga. So they shift away from physical books that aren't selling into web-based comics that are fixated on scrolling. That gets us the earliest version of the webtoon, web plus cartoon. That's what webtoons means. Important to note, webtoons and webcomics are different things. Oh, Webcomics, at this point in the 90s, already exist across the globe, but the format is key. Webcomics are single pages where you go page by page. Ah, okay. So you think about like Space Mullet by Daniel Warren Johnson or Cyanide and Happiness or things like that. Mm. But webtoons aren't about going from page to page. They're about going down. They're about scrolling. Oh, okay. It's incredibly popular when it first starts in South Korea with many people now having the access to make comics and also the ability to read them. And as the 2000s come in, the smartphone is also on the rise. So again, material means which shifted the landscape of comic books in the 90s in South Korea is now shifting again in the 2000s. Now artists and audiences are thinking about their comics in a new way. Because it's on the phone, it's now about scrolling on the go. It's about making a format that lets you read it on your phone while you're on the way to work, on the way to school, whatever. Something that exists between these places where you're trying to get to or when you're on the toilet or whatever. And it's also immensely bingeable. In 2012, the global usage of phones surpasses the computer. And Webtoon is perfectly poised to take over. But what about money? How are you going to make money from this? Yeah, what about the money, Yen? Money's the last material concern I'm going to bring up, right? Okay, so there's the adaptation rights. A ton of Korean webtoons get made into TV shows and movies. You see a lot of them on Netflix. And so you get the money from that. But the platform itself, Webtoon, needs an income. How do you do that? You have to make people want to pay. But the platform is largely free. How can you make people pay? You make them pay for the next chapter. Webtoons, like the American serialized comics that we've talked about, come out periodically. But instead of monthly, they come out weekly. And artists are always ahead of that curve, right? And so for free, you can get up to a certain point, but it's always going to be three weeks behind. If you want to know what's going to happen next, if you want to get those next three chapters, you pay. Mm -hmm. That's how Webtoon makes money. And so now the hook, which we've talked about in other comics, right? The hook at the end of the issue, the thing that's going to make you want to buy the next one. Mm -hmm. It's so important because the livelihood of these creators depends on that. You scroll to the bottom, you hit the floor of your screen, and you got to know what happens next. In 2014, Webtoon arrives in the USA. So they finally expanded outside of the Korean marketplace. And that takes us to 2017 when New Zealander, Artist-writer Rachel Smythe decides to enter Webtoon as an individual, as just anybody, and makes Lore Olympus. Something I haven't been super clear on, the way you enter Webtoon as an individual, it's like YouTube. Oh, okay. You don't have to put any money in beyond your own labor to get your comic on the platform. And if you're noticed, you're noticed. 
So now we're at Rachel Smythe and Laura Olympus. Nat, indulge me for a second. I'm going to read to you an excerpt from the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. I'm so ready. She, <laughs> Persephone, was having a good time along with the daughters of Ocanios, who wear their girdles slung low. She was picking flowers, roses, crocus, and beautiful violets. She was filled with a sense of wonder, and she reached out with both hands to take hold of the pretty plaything. That's the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. I'm going to continue now. Indulge me again, Ned. Will you indulge me again? Uh, I will gladly indulge you. I'm going to now read to you from the Odyssey. Odysseus feels genuine fear before he finally leaves the underworld. He fears that Persephone will send the head of the Gorgon from the house of Hades to attack him. So those are two instances of Persephone existing within the myth. You were talking about the canon, right? Yeah. And these are examples of the canon. But also what you notice between these two, right? The first one is this sweet lady picking flowers. And the second one is Odysseus fearing for his life that he's going to get turned to stone by this lady. And that kind of mystery is what Rachel Smythe is trying to uncover in Laurel Olympus. Mm. How did we go from the kind and sweet Persephone picking flowers to the one ready to sick the Medusa on good old Odysseus? Because we love, we love Odysseus, our problematic fave. I mean, I feel like Hades is a key part of that equation. Ooh! <laughs> you, you, you got me there. We're done. <laughs> just a guess. Just a guess. So Smythe has said repeatedly that the comic is not meant to be a faithful retelling, whatever faithful can mean. If people want to know the myths, they can go look at those texts. They can go read the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. They can go read the Odyssey. They can go look at the paintings. But this is something new that plays with the drama of those stories and amps up the romance and downplays some of the ugliness, though some of it in Laurel Olympus is indeed still ugly, morally. And so in 2017... Rachel Smythe decides to tackle this problem, going on a webtoon, and starts this comic just for fun. And it's really funny listening to some interviews with her because there's one point where she's making it and she's like, oh my gosh, I have six comments. <laughs> right now, Laura Olympus has 6.1 million followers on webtoon. Oh my gosh. And a cumulative 1.2 billion views across its chapters. That's insane. Is it still ongoing? Yes, it is still ongoing. Wow. There's a Netflix show in the works and a physical book that restructures these chapters into regular printed pages and is for sale. So with all this immense success behind it, the question is why? Why is Laura Olympus doing so well? So why does it work? There's plenty of reasons, right? Okay, so the first one we can think of is that Greek mythology always excites people. Right? There's so many retellings. It's been done a million times. Percy Jackson, Wonder Woman, Madeline Miller's books, there's no shortage of it. So we say simply that it's a retelling. That's a little rude because it's not the source material. Mm. And the canon already exists. Mm. right? It's the choices that Smythe makes with adapting that makes it feel fresh on top of the wonderful visuals of the comic. So there's this pure aesthetic joy of it. Laura Olympus is incredibly nice to look at. There's a painterly quality to Smythe's work that avoids the hard lines we normally associate with online webcomics. She's not interested in creating that very like clean digital look. It feels like it's been painted, the colors are smooth, there's a flow, and not just the flow down the page, but the flow between colors. Mm. There's some simple color theory stuff, like the blue of Hades looks great against Persephone's pink, and that's just one part of it. That just makes it pop, makes it stand out. But there's also, in terms of the aesthetics, there's also the fashion. Smythe wants to make the characters feel different in multiple ways. right? So it's not just what they're saying and how they look, it's what they're wearing. And this is the thing that we keep coming back to in this podcast, right? multiple layers of meaning. 
fun tidbit for you, Nat, and only you. Smythe has attributed her love of fashion and, and wanting to design these outfits is because when she was younger, she was a figure skater who would design her own outfits, including an outfit for a performance set to music from Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. Memory all alone in the... <laughs> I think you were so high on your pitch. I don't even know if your mic picked any of that up. I saw that coming from a mile away. And then, so on top of the aesthetic stuff of it, right? Because it's not just about having a pretty thing to look at. There's also the story. Because it's not an attempt to get it correct. It's just about telling the story she wants to tell. Smythe was savvy early on, even before she knew it'd be a success. She was concerned about her primary audience, which was her. She wanted to make comics that she would stick around for. Characters that she would care about drawing and would have fun drawing. So it's committing to something that excites her. The artist who, longer than any audience person, has to stick with these characters. It's also about imbuing them with personalities she and then we can root for. The thing I really admire about Laura Olympus is its multiple perspectives. We're not doing a Rochamon thing where we're getting the same event multiple ways. Mm-hmm. We're getting the same story, but from the interior of these two characters, Hades and Persephone, who are, for many reasons, unable to communicate to each other precisely how they feel. So the chapters I've picked today have different focuses. There's things like Persephone's past and her mother, Hades and his responsibilities, and also, eventually, their meeting at equal footing, because they meet several times before that happens. And that's one of my favorite chapters of Law Olympus. That's when I got hooked. A bunch of the chapters I've picked also are just there for the vertical scroll, which is a format that's going to be new to you, and I think Smythe uses it in really exciting ways. And I won't say anything about that beyond that, because I just want you to read it. Okay. Why do I like Law Olympus? Because it's really bingeable. And it's easy to read, but making something easy to read is not easy. Plain is easy. Boring is easy. But making something feel easy to read, that's really difficult. Mm. Right? Making a comic that is something I'm never reluctant to just pick up and scroll and read. Something I can dive into on the train or the bus or before sleeping or heaven forbid on the toilet. The best webtoons get that. That keeping things in these short little snack-sized bites doesn't make them cheaper artistically. They have to do a different kind of work that keeps us engaged in these micro-chapters. They have to keep us scrolling. And like Persephone, we are plummeting down into the depths of the underworld. We can't Mm. help ourselves. Because we have to know more. So now it's your turn, Nat. Dive away. That is brilliant. I'm excited. Okay, so... Before we started recording, Yen instructed me to download the Webtoons app. Yes. And I did. And we were in the midst of setting it up. And then we thought, hey, you know, we should record this. Because <laughs> there's a great process that the app takes you through you know, as you set up your account. So I'm going to bring you, the listener, through that as well with us. So the first thing they ask me is, what am I into? And they give me a selection of 10 different genres. And so there's stuff like um, kink... Gay, straight, uh, fandom, findom. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Tentacles. None of this is there. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh. Hey, you, you are tarnishing the name of Webtoons right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, Webtoons. I'm sorry, Mr. Webtoons. So they have I like. I didn't include that in my rant. It's named after a guy, Mr. Webtoon. <laughs> <laughs> What's his first name? Web. So his full name is Web Webtoon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I've selected action, comedy, romance, and slice of life. Okay, let's go next. 
tap all images that you like. And what I'm seeing now is a grid of 10 illustrated characters of different styles. I guess this is supposed to convey what kind of visual aesthetic appeals to me. Nat, spin it around for me. Nat, spin it okay, around. Okay, sure. I gotta see this. So we got... Okay, okay, okay. Out of curiosity, uh, are any of these Laura Olympus characters? Yes, one of them. I is bet Laura this one is because she's pink and she looks like Persephone. Oh, you did it! You I did, did, it. did it! He's a genius. I paid attention. Okay, so I'm going to pick that because that actually does appeal to me. I like the kind of cartoony vibes. I already see what you mean by the E's and the eyes. I'll pick this dorky looking guy. He looks like he's from uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty? Yeah. Um, this one looks interesting. I'm scared to click on this elfish looking... Oh, that is Suta Armor. I already know what that is. That's another great webtoon. Okay, next. We found some titles for you. Okay. Ooh. And second see, on the see. list, right there. Laura Olympus. There Laura we go. Olympus. The first one is so My Giant one. Nerd Boyfriend. Um, okay. Uh, Third um, on the list is Skullgirls. Okay. Fourth is Adventures of God. Fifth is Suta Armor. And last one, Batman, Wayne Family Adventures. <laughs> Which is interesting because I didn't choose superheroes. So they gave me this out of Slice of Life. Well, actually, Wayne Adventures is Slice of Life. Interesting. And it's cool how they have like ratings. So like Lord Olympus is 9.7 stars. I get a sense immediately of like this community. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like audience reviewed. You know, you talked about the comments. Oh, actually, yeah. So now when you read the chapters I'm going to tell you to read, yeah. I want you to read the top three comments because that's a huge part of Webtoons also. It's okay. a communal experience. Yeah. Webtoons have comments. Which is something unlike uh, any other comic that we've read so far. Yes. You know, that is more or less a traditional book. Yes. You have to look online to find the reviews but this is, there is a social media element to this experience that is inextricably, you know, woven into the medium. Absolutely. So I have a question before we get into this. So because this is a sort of free to use, free to upload platform, Obviously, we have these amazing, high-quality stories like Laura Olympus and some of the others that I read out just now. Does it also mean that there's just stuff that is like really amateur on the app or do they moderate for quality? Anything can go onto Webtoons. Like you and I, you could, and I, you could, and I could upload something? You and I could make a Webtoon <laughs> right now and, and nobody would read it, but we could do it in theory. Okay, that's cool. And I think that's what's really exciting about Webtoons as a platform also is that anyone can get onto it. And also in terms of Laura Olympus, like I said... Rachel Smythe did not know that she had a hit on her hands, mm. right? And so there's an element to, and what she talks about growing in public. You're going to see that in some of the chapters. You're going to see the style change slightly. I think it's beautiful from the get-go, but you're going to see it evolve and see her start to make some decisions that make more sense for the format and also for the weekly format, just in terms of simplicity of character design and things like that. Okay. Should we get to reading again? Should we get to reading Laura, Laura Olympus? Do I just click it and start? Is that how it works? Well, okay, okay. So, Nat, I'm going to need you to get out a pen and paper. Pen and paper? Nat's about to read a bunch of chapters because I couldn't pick just, like, one. Right. But they're short, right? They're micro chapters? They're short. They're very short, yeah. I made him read two issues of Watchmen. I was like, I'm not going to make him read one chapter of Laura Olympus. So, Nat, what you're going to be reading is you're going to be reading a selection of episodes, starting with chapter one. One. Six. Six. Seven. Seven. Eight. Eight. 18. 18. 23. 23. Wow, this is a lot. 25. 25. 27. When will this end? 
and 28. That's the last one. 28. You can okay. do it. You can do it. I That's believe one, in you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 chapters. So for our listeners who want to join me on this journey into the Greek mythos, that is 1, 6, 7, 8, 18, 23, 25, 27, 28. Hop, hop, hike. Yen's selection. That's correct. Episode 1. Stag, you're it. A car racing through the night. Is this Hades? Wow. He's so handsome. Looks like a K-drama star. Hades has a phone! That's wild. <laughs> Hades, all the fine suits in the world won't change the fact that you stink of death. Oh, now he's sad. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Where is your date, blue boy? Great, so I'm the only one alone? And that's the end of chapter one. Let's see the top three comments. Hey, anyone here from Discover? <laughs> I love this so much. Hope you newcomers enjoy. Third comment. I'm from Discover too. What is Discover? Edit. I can't believe I got a top comment. <laughs> this has never happened to me. <laughs> so I guess I'd just like to say thank you for liking my comment. <laughs> Chapter 6. Ooh, that's nice. You scroll down and you see Persephone in a garden. Sweetheart, come here. I'm just finishing up, Mama. A greenhouse! Wow. There is no door! Oh my gosh. I took the doors away. Mama, no! When you're in here, no one can hurt you. Oh no. Oh, she really is Rapunzel. She has super long hair. Oh, but it was just a dream. A hand. Oh, it's Hades. Top comments. Man, how big is this place? Me. How big is your hair? <laughs> I don't want to read this second comment. In all caps. Persephone THICK! <laughs> like, honestly. Episode 7. I should tell her the truth about what I said. And he's showering again. Rachel sure loves her showering scenes. Huh? Episode 7. A very good boy. It's a giant dog standing over little Persephone. Oh my gosh, there's a typo. Why isn't she a fired? Who's a good boy? <laughs> oh, now the dog's a lot smaller. This is confusing. I don't suppose you have a blanket or a jacket I could borrow. It's really cold here. And this dress isn't really cutting it. You look sufficient, my guy. That's a lousy compliment. Who's Minth? Episode 8. Oh, there we go. Who is Minth? Wonderful. Oh, she's making out with Hades, but it, their eyes are open. That's not weird at all. This is interesting, the internal voice. Oh my gods, why did I say that? Find a filter. Internal screaming. I would pay you a salary to budget on every single aspect of my life. This smooth talker. Let's read the comments. I would pay you a salary to budget on every single aspect of my life. End quote. My heart, I'm dead. Edit. Thank you guys for top comment. <laughs> Man, now it's my personal goal in life to be top comment. Third comment. In all caps. He thought they were gonna f in the kitchen. Oh, he a hoe. <laughs> Episode 18. We're jumping ahead 10 chapters. He's just thinking about Persephone. My dudes. My dudes are obsessed. Doesn't even have a number. Sheepish Hades is something I've 
never seen before. Stay away from here, you complete piece of shit. First comment. Yes, Hades, defend your girl! Third comment. Can we all take a second to appreciate the amazing art of this amazing webtoon from the amazing author? Can we also take a second to appreciate the people reading this webtoon also? Because the people involved are the most beautiful and wonderful people in the entire universe. That's you, Yen. This is interesting. 23. Oh, it's Apollo. Oh. Oh, dear. A Wolf in the Hen House, part two. Oh, she's waiting on Hades to text her. Oh, oh, dear. Where, where is he going? Where's Apollo going? He got shady eyes. Top comment. Ew, no, I want Hades back. Second comment. As Apollo. <laughs> As Apollo, by the power of the fandom, I command you to be gone, thought. Blinks furiously and Hulk smashes ground twice. Hades, where you at? I don't like this fan. I don't like this fandom. 25. I'll make an appointment with my therapist. I love it. Hades is a therapist. Normalized therapy. Comment number one from Thick Buns. Wait till he finds out what Apollo did to Persephone and that bitch will get Avada Kedavra out of here. Episode 27, deal. Hades, can I ask you something? Did you, did you get to choose your job? It was either the underworld or the ocean, and I hate sand. The outcome of a major historical event was hinged on the fact that you don't like sand? Ah, that's not the truth. I ain't gotta give you sweet f all. This guy, eh? Ooh, they made a deal. Are you ready for your question? Okay, how come you're not married? That's your question? <sighs> Top comment from Turtle Coins. Because he was waiting for a goddess like you. Pain emoji, heart emoji. 28. Last one. I like Hestia, but a wife who's taken a vow of celibacy isn't for me. Horny guy. Oh, she blushes. <laughs> Are you talking about my mom as a sexual prospect? Ask an invasive question and get an invasive answer. Touche. Top comment. Oh, they fell asleep on the phone with each other. Third comment. Hades, even though you didn't find out what Apollo did and killed him, thank you for making our cinnamon roll happy. Welcome back, Nat, from your nine chapters of Laurel Olympus. It was a journey. It was a journey through the Greek mythos. What did you think? Did you have a good time? Seems like you loved the comment section more than anything. <laughs> you know, for fear of angering some sort of like horde of loyal fans I, I shall not make any comments on the comments all I would say is you know there's a lot of loyal fans <laughs> a lot of a people lot of who, are, fans. who are very invested in this story and the relationship between Hades and Persephone what I will say is I don't know I, I'm not sure what I was it's, it's strange because now that I think about it it makes sense because it's a webtoon we've talked about the social media aspect of course you know there's this whole like shipping culture and, and whatever right right but I guess maybe because of the context of this podcast and everything we've read so far, I wasn't expecting something so... And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I wasn't expecting something so fan fiction-y. Like, if it read Whoa. a bit... <laughs> Here he comes. No, but I don't mean it in a bad way. I don't mean it in a negative way. Like, fan fiction is great, right? It's a way for people to explore their own stories and their own narratives of characters that exist. But I just wasn't expecting it. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about that? No, I mean, I think what you yeah. may be getting 
add is what I was sort of saying earlier about the ease of reading it. How like obviously comforting it is. Mm. You know, like mm. you don't you're not stressed reading it. Yeah. I mean, for I sure. guess okay, so I'm gonna give context. We did skip one chapter in which Apollo assaults Persephone. Yeah, I gathered that, yeah. From the comments. <laughs> and everyone who wants Apollo to die. Yeah, I didn't want us to do two weeks in a row with a scene of that ilk. Though I think that it is a powerful chapter, especially the way that Smythe portrays it and how it relates to the greenhouse and no doors and things like that. But outside of that, I mean, I think, you know, 27, 28, the one when they're on the phone call, I think that I think that shit's pretty nice. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I'm sure we'll get into this, the, the use of the medium, the use of the vertical scroll and, and the way that yeah. you kind of... You cut between the okay, characters. Okay, let's start there. Let's start there. Which which would talk well, to before we get into that? Course. I want to say one more thing. The other thing okay, that I wasn't okay. expecting. Uh, okay. I wasn't expecting to be so horny, la. I wasn't expecting so much sex. You weren't attention. expecting to be horny. I mean, yes, I know. Matt, like, the, do not, do not on this podcast tell me that you are horny. That is absolutely not what I want to hear. Absolutely I didn't say not. I'm do horny. Do not tell me. No, I said no. You said you said I. You said I. No, I sicko. It got lost. You I can, sicko. Get him I, out of here. Get the pitchforks. I said Get the I pitchforks. I said, folks, folks, send in the emails to info at Andas Productions. This guy's nasty. This guy's nasty. I said I did not expect it to be so horny is what I said. by it, he's referring to himself. (laughs) No, I'm just saying there was so much sexual tension. I mean, I know it's the whole trope that like the Greek gods and goddesses are like, they're at it 24-7. But when you described it, you know, the art style and how smooth and easy and nice it is. And then when we saw those thumbnails in that, you know, the opening, like, what are you interested in? Persephone looks so cute and innocent. You know, and that was kind of like how I was prepared going in. And then, and then you know, as the comment said, she be thick. She be thick. And so you're saying because of her body type, she sexualized? Is that what you're saying? I'm just, I just want to get that clear. No, I, I'm just clear. saying. You think that because her body looks a certain way, therefore the comic is horny. I just want to, I just want to get this clear. I want to get it on the air. I think the, the comic is horny be because clear. it's horny in terms of the content. Uh, and they're constantly hinting at sex and talking about and how does that make you feel how does that make me feel uh it makes me feel ang- don't answer that don't answer that angry don't answer because that. i swore a vow of celibacy three years ago and oh I, that's what you're calling it now okay, yeah i didn't yeah. know that's what you're calling it now okay I, and I didn't i'm against know. All, i didn't know you changed i'm against all form of sex so i just want to say it's not for me <laughs> you know i don't know where to go from there <laughs> i don't know what, i don't know what to talk about anymore but i'll say it i'll say it i'll say it persephone's persephone is very attractive there it is, folks. There it, there, is. It is. there it is. There it is. There it is. We got it. You heard it here first. And I'm so upset that we all experienced this together, folks. We will be making a support group for me and everyone else who's listened to this podcast. We've all experienced Nat being horny. <laughs> can I ask, can I, asking for a friend, is there Laura Olympus uh, fan fiction? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. That's not where I'm at. That's not where I'm at, personally. <laughs> Um, that's where I'm at. Okay, that's enough. That's <laughs> enough. That's enough, folks. <laughs> oh, I never thought that I would be the one to keep this in control. That's horrifying, man. That's horrifying stuff. Oh, let's talk about the format and the medium, shall we? We shall. I definitely saw what you said in terms of how Rachel Smythe grows into the format. Like at, The first episode struck me as like almost, it almost looks like just like pages on a comic book. The first couple right, of like panels. Right. Yeah, the first right? the first few chapters are very squarish. Yeah, very squarish, um, very and like, clean they lines. Don't necessarily 
connect to one another mm. as well mm. as they do later. Right, and then but then later on, yeah, we get those like long panels where it goes across the screen and you kind of scroll within one panel. And those are really cool moments because it's like you reveal things as you scroll and so you can see how she uses that to have a surprise at the end of the panel or something like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the reveal is a huge part of this, right? Because we were talking in the last episode about Watchmen and how you see the full page yeah. before you see the panels. Mm. Um, not the case with Lord Olympus. It's the opposite. Lord Olympus, you see it panel by panel. You yeah. see every bit of the image bit by bit. Mm. Right, and that leads to some really exciting stuff. One of my favorite ones is chapter 28, where Hades is recounting his time in the underworld. Yeah. Let me go to that one. And it's just him slowly descending. And so he's going down as we're scrolling down. And mm. across each image of him, he is changing in time. So the first time it's him in his classical robes. And then it's him in sort of like a Victorian gaslight lamp in the top hat. And then it's him looking a little bit more like a coal miner. And then finally yeah, it's him yeah. with his PDA. Yeah, that's a great one. And then it ends with him at his desk in his modern day suit. And then there's, there's like this vertical like beam of light over him. Again, like suggesting that downward motion. Yeah, and how it just leads the eye there. Because he's walking down a slant, right? Rachel Smythe could have chosen to do it as flat panels, mm. right? But the direction he's walking, the direction of the lines just guides us lower and lower. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. Ending at this spot where he's kind of flat. Right, and that's also saying something else about the character, about his own perception of where he's at now. Right, mm. rock bottom. Mm. Mm. I want to go to another instance that I really like the way that Smythe explores some of this stuff, and I think that is episode twenty-three. That's a lie. It's episode twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. Nope, still a lie. Nope, it's a lie, guys. I think it's eighteen. Yes, it's eighteen when Hades is in the car. And we've got these series of images going down where Hades is listening to the voice messages he has from his semi-girlfriend, Minth, mm -hmm. and the things she's saying to him. And delete. Him saying delete. Yeah. And then him having this recurring image of Persephone surrounded by butterflies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we go through each message like this. Yeah. And it's just giving us a sense of what he's thinking of, what he's going through, what's happening literally, and then what's on his mind. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of like the ways that Laura Olympus is about interiority. Mm. It's about what the characters yeah. are thinking yeah. about and how Smythe shows that. Speaking of which, something that we've not seen in the more traditional comics, and I guess it's also the thing that lends itself to the more like light-hearted nature is the internal voice. I think we saw that in a couple of times where Oh, like so like in episode eight, when they're kind of trying to flirt, and then you have that panel where like you have uh, Persephone saying oh my gods why did I say that find a filter and then in brackets internal screaming I just feel like the presentation of the internal voice is something that is feels very different from what we've seen in other comics oh yeah okay so let's describe that a little bit more in those panels as we scroll down so they're in the dialogue and the dialogues and bubbles mm -hmm. and then we have these blocks where the color goes across the whole screen yeah Right, and so it's Persephone's pink across the whole screen. Persephone, just her eyes and her saying, "Oh my God, why did I say that? Find a filter." And then Hades blue, and then the text mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. just read. Right, and so those we treat those sections differently because visually they're being presented as unique. Yeah, right. We know they're not saying it because of the way it's being shown to us in a very small way. And then linked to that also is something that I, I've definitely not seen in other comics so far is the labeling almost. I think when Hades was describing Demeter's spring and then it's like this arrow's like, oh, neat and organized, you know, and it's almost yes. like notes yeah. like that someone would leave <laughs> for the artist, but then it's kind of left in as commentary or like there's a moment where Hades leans back and then the word says lean and then the arrow points back. 
to indicate that movement. That's not something that I've seen in anything we've read so far as well, which kind of, again, lends itself to this lighthearted, informal right. quality. Yeah. The ease of reading it, right? And yeah. I, you know, so, so I don't want to hop on this too long because of course this happens and, you know, making art is so difficult. But actually in the chapters you read, I think there's two typos. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying about, you know, that's what Webtoons is, right? It's you are your own creator. You are the only person. Now Rachel Smythe, I think, has more of a team um, mm-hmm. just to keep up with the scale of the story as it keeps growing. It's 200 chapters in at this point. Wow. You know, and she's been making it since 2017. It's going to take more people. But in those early chapters, you can find a couple typos because it's just her playing. Mm. Right? Telling a story for herself. And I think that's, for me, honestly, that kind of like invites me in almost a little bit. Yeah. Because it's it's casual. It feels... There's no airs about it, right? It's kind of like yeah, straight no out of the it. creator no, yeah. into the internet. Does it change a lot? We stopped at 28, but have you noticed as it goes to 200... Has there been a lot more evolution in terms of the style or the format or the... I think the style has evolved slightly. I think what I would say more is that narratively it gets a lot more complex. Mm. After season one, Smythe takes a lot of interesting detours into other people's stories, other flashbacks. The network of these characters between them grows substantially. A lot of their pasts become a lot more complicated mm. based on some things that actually you can't tell from here but actually are connected. So one of those things... And it's maybe we did skip that chapter, but... Persephone has taken a vow of celibacy as well. Oh, okay. Like me. Like you. Like you. So hence you would get along great. I don't want to talk about you and Persephone anymore. It makes me feel so crummy and dirty. I want to take a shower. Can we pause? Can I go take a shower? Is that all right? Okay, listeners, we're back from a little break. I just want to go take a shower. And well, uh, Actually, I have, a qu- I have another question. So yeah. we're like, what, episode 200 plus now, it's still going yeah. on. Yeah. Is that sort of typical of webtoons for it to kind of go on? Or is it, are there ones that are more like a graphic novel where we mentioned graphic novels usually have a more definitive end? They end when the creator decides. I'm not sure whether that's still the case for a juggernaut like Laura Olympus, mm-hmm. which is bringing people into the platform and whether webtoon as a company is incentivizing Smice to keep it going. Right, right. And to not end it too soon just because it's getting people in. But I've read a couple of webtoons that have finished. Yeah. And it's very exciting stuff. Because you're reading this weekly, and so it becomes almost a part of your life, right? It becomes part of your ritual. And weekly, it's coming out, it's coming out, and then it ends. And this weekly thing, is that something that's a standard practice, or is it compulsory? Like, it's a platform rule. No, if you and I make a webtoon, which we're going to do, if yeah, you and yeah, I make yeah. um, Persephone fanfiction... Um, Me and Persephone. And, okay, sorry. Um, i got to go take a shower again. <laughs> okay, folks, um, sorry about that. I just have to go take a shower. I'm back again. My fingers are a little pruny because I'm really wet. Oh yeah, you know who else is wet? Okay, sorry <laughs> folks, everyone, I gotta go take a shower again. Um, okay. Answer the question. Okay, I'm back everyone. <laughs> I can't remember what the question is. Sorry, I took too many showers. Uh, does it, it just... always have to be weekly? Like, is that a platform ordained thing? Well, no, it's like, um, you know, it's kind of a conversation. <laughs> this is a conversation we're having with this show as well, right? About consistency and what audiences are expecting. Yeah. And how easy it is to lose an audience if you disappear for a month. But you can do that. If you and I make a webtoon, we can decide we're going to upload it once a year. And it's g- going to be, you know, two pages long, whatever. Right. We right. will get no readers. Right. Hey, right? hey, hey. The platform will not Believe. prioritize us at all. Part of the way to get the platform to recognize you, and this is a bit more of like insider baseball, is you have to be consistent. And you have to show that you're going to keep putting stuff out there. If, you know, you take three months in between chapters of these, you know, chapters of these length, which readers are supposed to finish within a few mm-hmm. minutes, it's going to be hard for people to stick with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, while we're talking about the format in general, I'm going to say some of my favorites. So we already talked about Suda Armor. That's another romance one yeah. that I like. That's of a similar level of yearning-ish, but there's a lot of great art and exciting fantasy world. Shiloh is another one I really like. That one, the art style is really exciting. The narrative is really dense and intricate. The Boxer is one that finished, which is a sports one, which does a lot of interesting stuff with vertical images. And my favorite of all time is Lavender Jack. Any relation to Samurai Jack? And no, it's no, obviously not. Obviously, it's an adaptation of Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Lavender Jack is a wonderful, like, period mystery noir thing. I love it to bits. It's about to end. And, you know, this conversation about things ending, it's going to be tough for me once Lavender Jack ends because I love that book. Back to Law Olympus. I want to hear more from you because I wrote down a note from your rant which talked about the fashion and costumes aspect of it. Uh-huh. It didn't strike me immediately as I was reading. I mean, obviously, you know, Hades wears a suit and Persephone wears, I don't know what she wears, not much. Okay, folks. I'm, you know. Hey, <laughs> it's a plot point. It was a thing where she was like, oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But this thing about the jacket is literally a plot point. Right, right, right. Right. So then that moment, the costume and the plot interweave. Mm. But the other way that it's really made very prominent is a lot of flashbacks are signaled through what they're wearing. Because within this universe... This Hades moment you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. The characters are thousands of years old. Yeah. At least Hades is. So there's, there's that. There's another moment that we didn't include in which Artemis dons her battle gear to scare off someone. You know, I don't know why I'm talking about this because you didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine it. Yeah, but it's an exciting thing because it takes her back. She dons like her ancient warrior gear in between panels like it's like a snap she's like snaps it up from her like sports athleisure and it's one of those moments where you're reminded like oh yeah these are like these are gods right they're dressed like normal people but they're gods yeah and like the clothes position them in our reality in our universe in our in these era, modern right? times yeah as yeah. do the phones and the yes. other aspects which is something that's it's cute and the traffic lights and the traffic and lights and the strip club <laughs> yeah sure and the showers you know, I never thought of Greek gods and goddesses needing showers. I don't think I've ever seen that in any other representation of them. Okay, we're at risk. We're at risk, folks. We're no, I'm talking about it from like a hygiene sanitation level. Do you think they need showers? I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying, but you're reminding me that I do like taking showers. Oh. So I'm, you know, we're, <laughs> tread carefully. We may have to take another break. <laughs> like, what are, they, what are they cleaning off, you know? I don't know. I guess another interesting thing, I mean, because you did make me read the comments, which was fun. Yeah. So there's this aspect of the reader input through the comments potentially informing and influencing the plot as Rachel Smythe writes it, right? That's something that I guess is not as prevalent in other comic formats. I mean, so the comment section, right, to be, you know, completely accurate is not a totally new idea, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, going back to the forum in ancient Greece, but no, but moreover, American serialized comics have letters that used to be a huge part of it. So the mm. last four pages would be letters from the readers asking the writers questions. And so I think that's part of where this comment section is coming from. But the difference being is that the comment section, there's no barrier to entry. You can post a comment right now if you want. And there's also the voting up, which is funny, which lends itself to another thing. You know, a lot of the big webtoons, almost always the comments will have the edit, oh my gosh, top comment. Yeah, And so it's an interesting choice by Webtoons as a platform to create a community by doing that. Like what's happening there? What are they fostering? What sort of sub-communities exist within the community that uses the platform that 
rotate around certain stories. Let's talk about the romance. Come on, let's give the people what they want. Let's give the people what they want. It's what all the let's commenters want. Let's give the people what they want. Do you buy it? Oh, I mean, I guess so. Okay. Do you not? That's good enough for me. No, I buy it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely buy um, it. At some points, I was like, this feels slightly predatory. I mean, but then also the fact that they... Oh, boy. No, as in the fact like... No, no, no. There's, there's something you don't know, which is that at this point, Hades doesn't know that Persephone is 19 years old. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there's that. But then there's also, you know, to counter that, the fact that they live forever. So then it's like, what is age, right? Like... Right. Yeah. It's actually a really funny chapter when Hades finds out because he gets really, really upset. Oh. Like he's like, oh no. <laughs> and it cuts to all the panels where it was very obvious where she was alluding to her age without saying it. Right, right. So he has a moral compass. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the whole fact that he was romantically interested, or no, he could have been romantically interested in her mom was a bit weird, yeah. you know, and then her. It's so, weird, man. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. These so, Greeks, dude, these Greek gods, they were, they were up to something. You know, but it's all kind of like given a hall pass because they're eternals, right? They live forever, so. Yeah, and but then there's also the choices that Smythe makes to be faithful to that kind of stuff that's in like the core of the characters. So like Zeus in Lord Olympus is having multiple affairs. Yeah, classic Zeus. Classic Zeus, right? Poseidon's into mermaids. Poseidon's, Poseidon's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> He's a bit of a ditz. Apollo is really scummy. Yeah, scumbag. Hermes is a bit of a himbo. And so it's like these modern takes on these old archetypes of these mm -hmm. characters. Yeah. Which we are familiar with both in their ancient forms a little bit mm -hmm. because of just pure osmosis. And then we're also familiar with the modern types of people they're representing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then there's a connection, there's a familiarity that goes two ways that I think eases us into it and makes the whole thing just feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like you just feel easy reading it, like I said. I want to talk about one last thing. Sure. Lighting. Mm. I think there's a lot of really evocative lighting. Very strong colors. Very strong colors. The mm. ways a phone lights the face, the way the moon lights the body, the way a TV screen will light a room. Mm. I think these are all really, really great stylistic choices that again relate to this color theory things I was talking about. Like, I want to go to chapter 23. Chapter 23. Let's go. And we've got that moment where Apollo heals Persephone's cut. Yes, with the with the magic powder. We've got the magic powder. Your whole phone screen turns purple, mm. which is Apollo's color. He's dominating the space. His eye turns gold. And that runs for a while. Yeah. And later in that same chapter, we've got the, all of them watching this movie. Mm. And the way the screen lights everyone up. Yeah, really nice use and of... the colors yeah. start to fade. Really nice yeah. use of lighting. It's just very foreboding. Mm, mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, art is, the art is great. It's very expressive. I think it's very expressive. Like you said, it's very painterly. It has the softness, the line work, the ink work isn't harsh. And the character designs are very distinct. So you... I mean, you didn't know. You couldn't tell. For some reason, you didn't realize that light blue means it's Hades. <laughs> And so for an entire flashback when it's clearly Hades... I had a guess. Tell, I had a guess, but I didn't want to... You didn't want to guess. You didn't want to assume. I didn't want to guess. You didn't want to notice that almost every single character in this book is a different color. Like Inside Out? <laughs> like the real world, man. Okay? Racism isn't funny. That's not going in. Oh... <laughs> uh.
Okay, Nat, it's time for my two big questions for you. I'm ready. And I, I'm, I'm going to make it like a bit of a... I'm going to expand it a little bit because we're reading Lore Olympus, but we're also thinking about the webtoon as a whole. Yeah, yeah, we right? are. Yeah. So do you see the value of Lore Olympus slash the webtoon format? I think yes, more to the latter. Lore Olympus was a fun read. I like what they did in terms of the treatment of Greek mythology. I think it's fun. It's different. It's lighthearted. Maybe not necessarily my cup of tea in terms of plot and narrative. But in terms of the overall webtoon format, I think even just now as, you know, in terms of what was recommended to me, I think some of those actually caught my eye and I'm actually curious to go and check them out. So yeah, I, I think I definitely see the value of the format. I think it's something that's very different from anything that we've read so far. The vertical scrolling mm -hmm. thing, the micro-sized chapters, that definitely appeals to me. Definitely much more consumable much more digestible, yeah. Right, there's about as many words in um, a Laura Olympus chapter as there is in a single panel of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or in that one page on Spider-Man. Would you keep reading Laura Olympus slash Webtoon? Laura Olympus, I think unlikely. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, like I said, I think there were others on the app that kind of caught my eye. What I will say, I don't think I'll delete the app. I think that goes for something. Wow, we've got a convert, folks. We have got a convert. And then my last question for you is, do you see the value of the comment section? And slash, will you keep reading the comment section? You may not want to read, you know, you, I think you can go to any Webtoons and you can skip the comment. Just go to the comment section. You know, I think I'm good on the comment section. You think you know? you're good? I think I, uh, I, think I can do without okay, the you know, comment section. No, no, no. We'll get a good selection going. Next week, everyone on Comic Sense, we're going to just read comments. <laughs> we're going to go to my favorite YouTube comment section. Do you participate in the comment section yet? That's what I want to know. No, because by the time I get there, they're already stuffed. They're already full. I'm never going to get first. It's not about getting first. It's about getting your voice into the mix. No, it's about getting first. Uh, about getting so you first. can put the edit and be like, thank you so much. I want to thank yes. my mom, my dad, my sister. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to okay. thank Nathaniel Ma. Mm -hmm. I want to thank Andas Productions. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, if, if, if we made a webtoon, you could be the first comment yeah. and the top comment. Hey, that's actually a great draw of making one. Right? That's a great reason to do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's finish up this podcast and then we yeah, can yeah. talk about that. About me and Persephone? Okay, sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. We got to take a little break. I'll be right back. While Yen takes a shower, let me just prime you guys about what's going to be coming up. There's going to be two more episodes in this season. And Yen has two more episodes to fully convince me to join the dark side. What's coming up in the next episode, Yen? Hey, everyone. I'm back. Next week, <laughs> we're going to be looking at a certain devilish figure, may I say? Devilish? Devilish? More devilish in Hades? More devilish than Hades. He's got it in his name. <gasps> no, I mean... Daredevil? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> that was a misleading. <laughs> We're going to be reading it. We're going to be reading Hellboy next week, everyone. <laughs> so it's not um, in his name. <laughs> it's not in his name. I realized I got that wrong. He's got hell in his name. And he's got boy, you know. And if we learn anything from thousands of years of human history, is there anything worse than a boy? No. I'll say no. Nothing. There's nothing worse than a single boy. <laughs> B-U-O-Y. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. Those guys floating out there. Ooh, Ominous. boy. <laughs> if you see a single boy floating in the sea, run. If you see a single boy, <laughs> if you see him floating. What is this, a song? Is this a new musical? It's the Hamilton. I'm trying to do the Hamilton song. <laughs> no, that, didn't, that didn't come through. <laughs> What's the tune again? Give me the tune. Give me the tune. If you see him in the sea, floating by <laughs> himself... <laughs> Bobbing Throw by himself, <laughs> run away. <laughs> We've come full circle. Okay, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Comic Sans. And we'll see you on the next page. See ya.
Thanks for listening to Comic Sans. This is an Andas Productions show hosted by Mao Yente and Nathaniel Ma and produced by Roshan Singh Sambi. Our cover art is by Isabel Fang and marketing by Siobhan Lek. Follow us on social media at the links in the description and stay tuned for weekly releases of our 8-episode first season.